Hello, everyone, and welcome to Mailbag Day here at the Baseball Talk Podcast and Show. I am Bert. This is soon to be Jake. Jake, normally I would ask you how you are. I'm going to ask you how you are, but I already know the answer. So I'm just going to ask a very different question for you. On a scale of 1 to 10, how happy are you that Miles Gaskin is no longer in our lives? Uh, I'm just a little worried that he can get claimed to a team and then be back in our lives because he really wasn't in our lives last year. True. So, like, you know, Dallas needs a backup running back. The Rams could use a, ba- a backup running back. Ugh. Sean Payton in Denver, just uh, who knows what he's he thinking. Could to, he could add to that just mess. That's fine. Mess. Um, so we're not we're not out of the woods yet with Miles Gaskin. I need him just on the street, not in the league. If if Jerry Jones really 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 wants to like fuck with me, that's the way he does it. That that would be the way that he does it is being like, yeah, we'll claim Miles Gaskin. Yeah, we'll we'll just claim. Why not? So yes, it is mailbag day. It is part two of mailbag day. We. Uh, emptied out the mailbag. We had a ton more questions, uh, but some were repetitive. Some just weren't very good questions that had a lot of easy answers. And that's what we want to weed out. We want to weed out the easy questions. We want to go to some of the more difficult questions. And speaking of difficult questions, if you have some lineup issues, it's like, you know, you don't know who to start. Maybe you have a flex problem. Maybe you're in super flex and you have to decide whether you want to start Kirk Cousins or Jimmy Garoppolo. You know where you can get those questions answered, Jake? Saturday mailbag. The week one Saturday mailbag. Of course. We, we record those on Thursdays. So submit your week one lineup questions because guess what? We are nine days away from the start of the regular season. Submit those questions, which means we are nine days away from recording the week one Saturday mailbag. So submit those questions, submit your lineup questions. I know everyone has a ton of drafts this week. Everyone has a ton of drafts this weekend. Once you do those those drafts and you start tinkering with your lineups and and roster baiting and doing what you got to do, submit your questions. We're here to help. That is what Jake and I are are here to do. All right, Jake. No more dilly-dallying. We have 18 questions. We had 17, but there was one last question that came in, which was very good. And I put it in here because this it's one that requires a little bit of thought. But before we get to the actual questions, I do want to ask you. The two drafts that you've done already, you said before we came on that you thought that they were a little thin, but yeah. overall... How do you think that you've done so far in the drafts that you've done? Well, first one, I, I was a little bummed out. And I don't want to say bummed out because I do love my guy, Mark Andrews, and I got him at 36 overall, which is right. nice value. And I do love my guy, Justin Herbert, and I got him with the sixth pick in the sixth round, which, you know, this is a guy that I had around five grade on, Justin Herbert. So I took both of them at values. But then I saw Kyle Pitts go in the seventh round, early seventh, so more so a sip, but still, like, I could have took Pitts in that sixth, in the middle of that sixth round. And I saw Deshaun Watson go with the first pick in the ninth round. So I could have went Pitts and Deshaun Watson and have went with a guy like T. Higgins in the third round. And, you know, a guy like Brandon Ayuk, who I like a lot this year in full-point PPR. I can't believe I'm saying that, but um, amazing how things change. Amazing, or my guess, Kyle Pitts too. We're saying we both want Kyle Pitts. Exactly, exactly. So, but it's tough because we, us as fantasy managers, we can't foresee. We can't foresee the slide of guys like that. So that was my only little issue I had with that draft, and then the 14 man super flex yesterday, dude. Quarterbacks were flying off the board. I, I had to take a quarterback in the second round. I had to take Anthony Richardson. Like, legitimately, it was either the, the two best quarterbacks on that board at that time were it was between, like, and when I picked again in the third round would have been the fourth pick. So that's it's a long way. So mm-hmm. and if, especially a 14. Like, we have a 10-man tomorrow. It's, it's definitely a lot different. 
it's a long time between picks in a 14-man league. So I had to get a quarterback in the second round. It is what it is. Honestly, I was I was in a 10-man super flex uh, Monday night, and it was the same exact thing. I was on the end. I had I had the ninth pick. And that weight between you see near you're the other end of the turn, then you have to go all the way back. It's a long ass way. And you just see guys that you want that just go go fly fly. Bye-bye. And and bye. I really wanted Garrett Wilson. And I was in an opportunity I had an opportunity to take him yesterday with my second round pick, but I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait for a quarterback, dude. The no. best quarterback on my way back was like somebody. I, I want to say it was maybe like stat. It didn't even make sense to make a quarter to take a quarterback in the third round. That's how big the drop off was. Well, that was my dilemma uh, on Monday. Was I went at nine. I took Joe Burrow with. with I, I took Burrow first. at. I took Burrow at four. I mind you yesterday. Oh, okay. So nine is solid. Was it, was, I'm curious. Did anybody who, who did, was it the three and then then was Herbert going ahead of Burrow or something or Herbert went ahead of Burrow? No, sorry. Like Herbert, Herbert went behind Burrow because I was going to go Burrow Herbert if he was there and he got picked at the turn. So yeah. it was the three. It was Allen Mahomes Hertz. Then it was Eckler McCaffrey. CMC Jefferson chase yeah so it's a different you, you so you're mad so you actually lucked out there because mine was just straight like the first position player was like i think the eighth or the ninth pick so it was quarterbacks uh, there was heavy quarterback heavy quarterbacks dude and then even the second round was so i had to it was either like would you i i, I mean i hate to get off topic here would you want no, gino i went with anthony richardson over gino like this is a lower stakes league i wanted a little bit of a, a higher ceiling than gino yeah, the ceiling is tremendous with Anthony Richardson, and you know he's gonna he's gonna run wild. I would have, I personally would have gone Richardson, so I think he made the right call. Yeah, but it sucked not getting Garrett Wilson because I really wanted a share of him this year, and and Rogers was off the board too. Like I really wanted a share of Garrett Wilson, and it sucks because it doesn't look like it's gonna happen. Well, but... that was the thing. In now in this after I took Derrick Henry in the second round, which I haven't had Derrick Henry in a couple of years. Me so too. I'm, I'm excited to like have a little bit of Derrick Henry, but. In the third round, when it came back to me, the best quarterback on the board was Aaron Rodgers, and yeah. I was like, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't wait anymore. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't think I'm gonna be able to get a share of Rodgers or Garrett Wilson this year. It's unfortunate. Just they're just going so like they're just going so high. Like Garrett Wilson went eleventh overall in my draft on uh, last week on Wednesday, and then I have That's the twelfth pick. Yeah, I have the twelfth pick the day before the season in my last draft, but. I don't have any confidence Garrett Wilson's going to make it to me at 12. I really don't. Well, Garrett Wilson, Garrett Wilson in this draft last night, he went at the turn after I took Rodgers yeah. in the in the so, third round. So now let me let me ask you while yeah. we're on the, while we're on the subject. Um we have this draft tomorrow night. The, the Superflex League. You are your six six of oh, six. That's my magic number this it's year. It's your magic six. number. 6th overall. For all of our Superflex people, because we love our Superflex people here, and we're trying to be more inclusive of our, super, our Superflex people. Um, what are you thinking about doing at the sixth overall pick? Because I'm pretty convinced that at yeah. one, I'm going to go with Mahomes. Yeah, that's 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 non-negotiable. Um, I'm hoping for Herbert. I'm hoping for Herbert. I, yeah. I, I am not going to take Lamar Jackson, I don't think. No. No. However, I might get bold here in a 10, and it's a tight end premium. I might take Kelsey and have a share of Kelsey there. I think that might be the spot for me to do it. I've been passing on Kelsey left and right. I'm picking six again on Saturday this week, and I'm hoping to get Cooper Cup again. That's what I went with that six in my other league, and this is a keeper league, so it, there's definitely some some variables there. I'll explain it to you, you know, when, when we review the draft. But um, I think this might be the spot where I take Kelsey. I think I'm going to go Kelsey or hopefully Herbert if, or Burrow. I mean, Burrow would be phenomenal too, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping I'm thinking Kelsey over. I don't know. I might go Kelsey over Jefferson. It might sound crazy, but it's a tight end premium. No, it's not crazy. It's not crazy. Like if I, I'm strongly considering at the turn at two, three going potentially if Andrews is there, maybe going Andrews again. And or maybe waiting, seeing if I can get Hawkinson, depending on what the board sort of looks like. If I if maybe Hawkinson falls to four or five, then that's fine. Um, yeah. it, it's 
there have been a lot of drafts that I've done this year where the tight ends are just the, the tight ends are falling. And yep. a lot of people are emphasizing, and this is industry and the general public, it's the same thing that people are really emphasizing heavy running back, heavy receiver at the expense of the tight ends and quarterbacks falling, which is the way that it should uh, that it should be done. And of course, you have your outliers uh, here and there, but for the most part, that's the way that people are drafting this year. And it's 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 nice to to see, but at the same time, you have a lot of teams that are vying for the same sort of guys. So it's really mm-hmm. really hard to see a team that diverts, and the team that does divert from that, they're behind. And you really can't recover from that. So it's a very interesting dynamic that we have with with drafts this year. And I mean, I saw a team in a keeper league at home on on Sunday that took Travis Kelsey at number four. And the entire draft, he was just behind. It's tough to feel the good team. Make up for it. It, it, uh, the only thing for me is it's a 10 man and it's a super flex. So I think I can still feel the pretty good team around him. That's my only logic behind it. And the fact that there's an emphasis on the tight end premium. That's, yes. that's my logic. If there were, a, if there's going to be a spot where I have a share of Kelsey, this, this is going to be it in all likelihood. So Fair. we'll Fair. see. All right, Jake, it's mailbag time. 18 questions. We doing the usual? Split the deck. We're splitting the deck. Number nine. This is from Reggie. Jake, where is Reggie from? One and only Portland, Oregon. Portland. They're getting they're getting the celebrations ready for week one, Melbeck. They're they're so excited. We love Portland. Shout out Portland. Uh Reggie. He needs to keep two in a half-point PPR keeper league. Portland Sutton for a ninth, A.J. Dillon for a tenth, Kyle Pitts for a sixth, Dak Prescott for an eleventh. Hmm. Some pretty good options. It's it's not Dillon for me. That, that can be scratched, and it's not Sutton for me either. I kind of did Kyle Pitts for a sixth. I don't think it's that bad. Uh, honestly, I... Is I don't cr- love being married to Dak, though. That's the only thing. Is it crazy to say, don't keep any of them? No, I think Pitts. I think Pitts is pretty wise. If if, if you could probably get him though, five six uh, turn as well. Like you, right? Th- that's that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, you could get him in the sixth if you really want. There, wanted, there are but- there yeah there are leagues though that do require you to keep. One guy. Well, that's the thing. If if you are required to keep one, the one that I would keep is Pitts. Me too. But if you aren't required to keep one, I honestly would just throw them all back. They're kind of all at cost, except Dak, I guess, is like maybe at a slight discount. Yeah, but I, I mean, in my keep in my keeper league, I got Dak in the tenth round. Okay, so, so it's I, a slight discount. You yeah, yeah, slight. But it, it but it opens you up to do so much more. Where like if you take Kyle Pitts for if you don't take Kyle Pitts in the sixth and you're up in the sixth round, you need a tight end. There isn't really anybody there, and you see Kyle Pitts there, and you want to take him there. You take him there. Yeah, I wouldn't keep. I, I agree with you there. If you're required to keep one, I would keep Pitts. But um, otherwise, yeah, I mean these guys are all going pretty much at cost right now, and that's kind yes. of defeating the whole purpose of a keeper. Yes, I, I, my my gut is throw them all back, but if you have to keep one, you keep Pitts. Even though he's the most expensive. He's he's the best of the bunch. I agree. Yeah, definitely. All right, number nine, gone. Uh, let's go with number one. Number one, this is from uh, Taylor. Taylor is from... Uh, Taylor is from Greensboro, South Carolina. Taylor, he is picking an eight in an eight-man Superflex, half PPR. Is quarterback necessary with one of those picks, or can I wait? Yeah. I would take a quarterback, especially pick – I know it's an eight, but you still have to wait. I mean, you, that's just playing a dangerous game right there to wait that long in any format. 
So I would take a quarterback there. Uh, I wouldn't double up on quarterback, though. I don't think that's necessary. But I would take a quarterback there. I would probably target, like, Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. It, it would probably be the best guys available, I would think. So I would grab at least one of them. And honestly, both really wouldn't be too uh, – wouldn't be too crazy. I wouldn't. I wouldn't fault you there, but I would probably get at least one. Yeah, Jack. I mean, I, I can't say it much better myself. You you kind of took the words right out of my mouth. Take one, don't take both. Take the best quarterback on your board, whether it is Lawrence Fields. Maybe you get lucky and Lamar Jackson is there for you. I think that'd be really really lucky if you're able to get away with that. And then take the best skilled player on the board, whether it's. Maybe you get lucky with uh, with Eckler. Maybe he falls there, depending on how, how quarterback-heavy the first round is. Maybe you get lucky with a Cooper Cup or a Tyreek Hill that gets there. I don't think I'd be taking Travis Kelsey there, so I think it's a running back or receiver that you couple with whatever uh, quarterback you're going to take there. And a damn good one at that, too. So Yeah, um, yeah you can't yeah. go wrong. In an, in, in an eight, it's really, really hard to to mess it up once you take a quarterback in the in the first round. Then you can kind of see, you know, what's happening with the quarterback market. There's a big then drop third, off. Fourth round, you take another one. I agree, but would you agree that this year, more so than most years, is probably the biggest drop off with quarterbacks after really like the top eight, nine guys? I feel like I would say I think so. I think there's a I I think there's a sincere gap between like once once you get past and I, look as much as we think Deshaun Watson will bounce back this year. He looked He's bad last mark. year. He's a question mark. Like once you get past Justin Fields, I feel like a lot of those guys are very interchangeable. And the most exciting guy to me is Anthony Richardson after that. I feel like the rest of the guys, you kind of know what you're getting outside of Richardson and maybe Deshaun Watson. I would agree. I would agree. I would put I would I would actually put Lawrence in that tier of solid enough starting options. But then after Trevor Lawrence, that's when it does get a little dicey. Because you look at yeah. Sean, Dak, Daniel Jones. Kirk Cousins is pretty is pretty safe. You know what you're getting with him, though. You know what, like exactly, you know what yeah. you're getting. You know, other than you know Richardson, I think that's the appeal with Richardson is the unknown with him, right? And and the rushing upside there. But that's why I think in a super flex, I feel like one of those guys, one of those top eight quarterbacks, is a necessity for your mm-hmm. team if yes. you want to survive. Yeah, you you can't afford to be going double skill player there because no, you, you absolutely like, not. Like we just talked about. You, you're sitting there at eight in an eight and you're watching all your guys They're just go just fly, go up in smoke. And then there you are. Oh shit. Well, we're going to choose from you, now. And you're reaching. You you are absolutely reaching on your next pick. If that's no doubt. the case, no yeah. doubt you, you're, you're putting, you're putting a proverbial gun to your head Yep. and saying, yep. okay, now I have to go double quarterback here. And robbing yourself of an opportunity to go with more skilled position players. Even it out, take a quarterback at the one, two, then take another quarterback at the three, four, and then you build out the rest of your team. Then you see another quarterback, take another quarterback in the eight to 11 range, and bang, you're good. Yep. A one and nine are gone. 18. 18. This is from Danny. Jake, where is Danny from? Beverly Hills, California. We love the stars. Oh, we love the stars. Jake, who is the star that's on your mind today? Well, Emilio Estevez is just always on my mind. So Always on the we, front of my mind. We we can't go with uh, Emilio here, but I would say the other star that is uh, definitely on my mind, I, I have to give uh, a wonderful shout out to the great Leslie Mann. You, you just can't go wrong. Hmm, very interesting. Very, yeah. very interesting. For me... For me, the star that is on my mind, uh, rest in peace to the GOAT, Bob Barker. Yeah, yeah, definitely RIP. And and, and just a shout out again to Emilio Estevez. We we, we do love Coach Bombay. Oh, well, yes, we do. Yes, we do. The Mighty Ducks. The Mighty yeah. Ducks. Come up for and, the Superflex. And a, and, a, and, a big, and a big shout out to uh, Yowie Wowie, Bray Wyatt, Winter Bertunda. I interviewed him. He was a gem, uh, passed away last week a gem of a human being and uh yeah that one when i when i saw that one oof, i was i was not okay not okay for a bit really 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 good dude um and rest in peace to a to a really good guy and a wonderful wonderful human and a 
one of the best creative minds that there that there is in uh, in the wrestling industry for all those um, who are familiar. Uh, Danny, he asks, are there any players currently on a team's roster bubble that could benefit by being cut to then sign on with another team? This was the additional question that I wanted to add. Because yeah. it's it's an interesting one to, to kind of well, think about when you when you when you say roster bubble, are you talking about maybe like a, a cut or a trade? Because guys who can get cut, I don't really right a cut or cut or a trade. I would I'll, I would imagine. I'll, I'll give you a name that I that I like that can be a, a somebody for a team. You're gonna laugh at me when I say this, but I I sincerely believe it. Chase Claypool, if he can get Chase Claypool, I heard Darnell Mooney can be moved as well from, mm-hmm. from Chicago. Yes. If you if one of those guys gets moved to a team like, I don't know, the Jets that have a sudden need at wide receiver after Corey Davis just decided to retire. Um, that's that's interesting. I, I, I think so. Yeah. Why not? I think I think both of them, whether it is Mooney or Claypool, have a part to play. And I'll add I'll add one more here. Quinton Johnston now with the LA Chargers, there potentially could be less of a role there for Josh Palmer. If Josh Palmer were to potentially be dealt, I've heard nothing about this. This is just pure speculation off the cuff, letting it rip. Josh Palmer were to get dealt. Josh Palmer has the ability to start for a lot of teams in the National Football League. He were to get dealt, Josh Palmer would become interesting for me. Yeah, I think so as well. I think uh, him and uh, I don't know, like a team with with a lot of running backs. That I'm, you know. I mean, let me just think. Let me, let's think of, of a of a running back that if they were to get dealt. I mean, the guy just <laughs> the, Jonathan the, Taylor. Forget him. I mean, yeah, well, jo- Jonathan Taylor. I mean, that that's I literally wrote a column about him today. Uh, the 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 guy is just he's an enigma. How, how about this one? And they're not gonna do it. Because from what I've heard, they are very, very comfortable with him. But the cockroach, Deonta Foreman, the guy that won't die. Yeah, and and uh, also another good one. How about Clyde? Clyde Edwards-Alaire. That was one that I legitimately thought of. Yeah. I legitimately thought of him earlier when I read yeah. this question. I was like, Clyde. And you do, and uh, Cordell Patterson too is another guy where where it's sure. really it's it's crowded. Um, the Jets cut Bam Knight. I I think Bam Knight will be claimed by a team. Uh, just a pretty talented running back room they have there. I mean, da- Dallas could be in line for any of these running backs. And honestly, I mean, if we're if we're if we're keeping it pretty straight, if Dallas were to claim a running back that is contrasting in styles to Tony Pollard, let's say that guy immediately would have some sort of fantasy floor. Just depends on who it is. Yeah, agreed. One nine eighteen are gone. Two. Uh, number two. This is from George. George is from George is from Liverpool, England. Uh, George, he wants to rank them in full: Tyler Lockett, Chris Godwin, Christian Watson, Hollywood Brown, and DeAndre Hopkins in full. I would go Watson, Lockett. Hopkins, Hollywood. It's never Hollywood for me. And, and my God, what a disaster. The Arizona Cardinals score. Imagine draft a uh, bro. Imagine having Hollywood Brown or any sort of the Arizona Cardinals on your fantasy team with jo- Josh Dobbs leading the charge, who just arrived yesterday. Or Clayton Toon. Or Clayton, or Clayton Toon. Toon. Because uh, they haven't they have started yet. They should just go get Carson Wentz and at least be somewhat for, uh, presentable. Yes. Yes. They're not tanking though. I mean, they're they're really trying to win with with mm-hmm. some guy named Toon and Josh Dobbs who just showed up <laughs> yesterday. They're they're trying. They're they're, they're really trying. Yeah, Kyler Murray is ready to come back to a, to an zero and seventeen. Yeah, he's he's coming back. All right. And I can tell you what, Kyler Murray was drafted in the tenth round of the Superflex last night. I audibly laughed. Yeah, he's not playing. No, no, they they have no interest in bringing him back. Why why would that? Because they're trying to be competitive with Josh Dobbs. Yeah, I mean, look, if they were really serious about being competitive, they would probably go get like Carson Wentz on the street or, you know, maybe they would trade for a guy that was that was looking pretty good. And tra- maybe they would go get Trey Lance like they're not trying to win. Cooper Rush, 
Who knows what's going to happen with him now? Yeah, I think Rush will be the backup, actually, with Lance being the third I, string guy. I do too. I do too. And then that was a stupid. Know, that was a stupid decision by Dallas, though. That was stupid. No, I see it. That was I, stupid. I, I do see it because He's never what, gonna, what, what, what do you mean? What happens if Dak? If, if something happens to Dak, you go to the guy that went five and one as a starter last year and Cooper Rush. Well, I'm saying long term, long term. Okay, well, if, if you let if you let Trey Lance just marinate for a year, he shows something. You have to negotiate a long term deal with Dak. Could Trey Lance be a plan B? Bro, Jerry Jones. Or, Jerry Jerry Jones is not getting any younger. There's no way in hell. You can't tell me that Jerry Jones is going to think Trey Lance is going to deliver one last Lombardi trophy to Dallas Cowboys for him. There's no way. Fair, Fair enough. Stupid decision. A fourth round pick is a fourth round pick. It, 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 it is what it is. Still something. And you know what? If Trey Lance, if Trey Lance gets to get some game time, whenever it may be, he looks good. Maybe you flip him for something. Who knows? Okay. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see. Um, for me, I have it. I got to see what this question was. Oh, okay. I have it. Watson. No, sorry. I have it. Lockett, Watson, Godwin, Hopkins, Hollywood, Hollywood. Just, just for laughs. I'm curious to see where you, where you have him now, Jake. I have Hollywood as my wide receiver 35. Uh, I just am I high on him or am I low on him compared to you? Uh, you're pretty close to me. I have him as my wide receiver 41. Okay. Wow. Wow. Good God. I don't want him. Uh, no, I don't either. Let me just see where the ECR is on him. Who, who in God's name could be high on, on Hollywood? Wow. Someone has him as high as the wide receiver 24. What? That's gotta be, that's gotta be old. That the. Someone has him as high as a wide receiver 14. What? Who's the lowest yeah, on him? I mean, when was the last time this guy updated his ranks? That's what I want to know. Yeah, okay, that, definitely that, not that's, yesterday. I'm I'm genuinely curious by that. That that's that's shocking to me. Okay, so one, two, nine, eighteen, gone. Uh number three. Number three. This is from Harold. Jake, where's Harold from? The international hub, Moscow, Russia. The Kremlin is just getting ready for their drafts in week I, one. I heard through various international uh, channels and, and connections that the Kremlin are actually doing their draft after we release this mailbag because they want to have one more, one more little, uh, little refresher before they go into uh, into their drafts. They're, they're calculated people. They they really are. Shout out the Kremlin, great people. Uh, Harold, he wants us to rank them: Jordan Love, Matthew Stafford, Kenny Pickett. Jake, for the first time this year, and Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> there uh, he is. Well, let's let's He's refer. Back. Let's refer to the rank. So I have it here as Stafford, Pickett, Love, Jimmy Garoppolo. That is exactly how I have it. Exactly how I have it. And Harold, good on you for considering Jimmy Garoppolo. He's a friend. Yeah. He's a friend. And for what it's worth, this is be a little exercise that we'll do for the for, for week one mailbag because we're for we just love week one mailbag. We're gonna put together our all mailbag team. Oh yeah. That's going to happen and we will we will unveil it on the week one mailbag. We will. Just for mail mailbag legends. Uh one, two, three, nine, eighteen. Number four. Number four, this is from Peter. Peter is from St. Petersburg, Russia. Beautiful place. Russia getting double representation on this podcast today. Peter asks, how early is too early to consider Travis Kelsey in a 12-team full PPR? Um, I, I, I think top five is ridiculous. I really do. I, I really, I, I don't see it. It, it, really at all to be honest with you i know people have done it but not me so i i even think six is pretty early hell seven i think is a little too early i think top eight is just no good for me eight eight and down i, I can see it but you need the problem is yes he's great but you need to build a solid team around him that's what it comes down to 
and you need to nail it. And if you trust yourself to nail it and you, you can live with the consequences, if one of your, you know, zero RBs work out when, with that strategy or don't work out rather, and you're going to be stuck starting freaking Amir Abdullah from the Raiders one week or something like that. Cause you got to remember there's buys, there's injuries, there's all this other stuff to where the guys that you drafted around Travis Kelsey may not be available for other reasons that are just not bad performance. Hats off to you. Me personally, I don't partake in that strategy unless it makes absolute sense and there's ways for me to cover my tracks, which there will be on Wednesday tomorrow when we do our draft. So uh, not for me, bro. You know that. Let's go. Let's go through here and let's just see where the slide is. Kelsey or Jefferson? Jefferson, and we're talking full PPR, 12-man leagues. Full PPR, 12-team leagues. Okay. Jefferson, uh, excuse me, McCaffrey or Kelsey? McCaffrey. Chase or Kelsey? Chase. Eckler or Kelsey? Eckler. Cup or Kelsey? I would take Cup. A lot of people argue with me about that one, though. I would take Cup as well. Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey? I would take Tyreek. I would take Tyreek, too. Bijan or Kelsey? I would take Bijan. I would take Bijan, too. Saquon Barkley or Travis Kelsey? I would take Barkley, and that's kind of where the slide ends for me. That's where I would also take Barkley. But now, now we start entering. Now, now then, the I debates. think else. Yes, now Kelsey enters the equation. Nick Chubb or Kelsey? I would take Kelsey. I would take Kelsey too, but in that's full. Yeah, very close. And half Chubb for me, and full Kelsey. Yes, yes, I do agree. And then I'll give you I'll give you one more here, the guy that's in between them. Pollard or Kelsey? I would take Kelsey. I would take Kelsey. I would take Kelsey too, but that is by razor thin margins. Razor thin margins. Yes. So yeah. So he is he is around nine. That would be that would be the spot where you're most comfortable in a 12, taking him at nine. Yes. I could understand it if you were to say Kelsey over Barkley. I would I would understand it. Me too. I kind of would understand it over Bijan. So seven, I guess, is the spot. But but Ty, but Tyreek though, see it. Tyreek and Cup, you can't. That's Bro, it. I think who I think really think Cooper Cup is going to make a lot of people look silly this year. I mean, did people forget that he played eight games last year and had eight hundred yards, <laughs> like seven touchdowns? Like, what are we doing here? He was on, he was, he was he was on number... pace to be the wide receiver wanted. It was again, close. again after winning the triple crown. Like, what are we missing here with Cooper Cup this year? I don't know. I Did they get a, other receivers? Because God, God, I don't know anyone else that they have catching the ball. And the Van Jefferson, which we've been through that movie before. I took Cooper Cup at two in this keeper league, and my reasoning was very simple. Tyreek Hill's got that guy Jalen Waddle next to him. Who, 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 who is Cooper Cup competing with? That's what I'm saying, bro. I'm, I Give me Cooper Cup all day, every day. Yeah, all, all day. All day long. It's... You just know. It kind of reminds me. Remember when Devontae Adams was sliding in fantasy that year after yep. Rodgers was very meh and everybody was taking Rodgers late and then he just so happened to win the MVP two years ago? That's what it reminds me of a little bit. That was the year. That was like the year where I had so many Rodgers Adams stats. Yeah, and because it was, so, it was so attainable. Took me to the moon. <laughs> yeah. That's what this reminds me of. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. Get your cup stacks while, while, while you can. And you know what? If you're in a super flex, Cup Stafford, sure, 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 and Stafford, Stafford's going for nothing. Free He's dirt, not He's in super dirt flex, right but now. free in twelve man leagues. In, in in twelve team leagues, he's free. Ten team leagues, he's even freer. Fourteen team leagues, he's pretty reasonably Cheap. inexpensive. Yeah, super flex, super flex. He was going, he was going with the likes of Baker Mayfield, Brock Purdy. Yeah, I was shocked. Shocked. Yeah, me like, too. Yes, please give me that. All right, one to four, nine, 18 are gone. Five. Number five. This is from Alex. Jake, where is Alex from? Alex is from Trent, New Jersey. Alex, he wants us to rank him in half. Alvin Kamara, Damian Pierce, Isaiah Pacheco, and David Montgomery in half. I'm going to go Pierce, Kamara, Pacheco, Montgomery. That's exactly how I have it. Yeah. Pierce, Kamara, Pacheco, Montgomery. Not guys I love, by the way. <laughs> I don't love 
any of them, to be really honest. But if there's the one that I think I'm okay with taking a potential stab on, depending on price, maybe I want to get hurt again. I don't know. I kind of think Kamara. Yeah. I just, I'm done with the suspended players, bro. I've said it. No suspended or hurt for me this year. Nope. Yep. It, it, it never works. It just doesn't work. It kind of worked actually a little bit with DeAndre last year, but I was kind of out of it by the time I got him right. back. So, right. And I think, I think three games, a lot of teams can, can definitely eat that. Um, I don't want to eat any games this year. I'm done doing that. I'm done. Well, that's, the games. That's, that, that's the thing. If you're going out of your way to get Kamara, then it's not worth it. Let Kamara fall into your lap and then assess who was around. I'll let you know how it goes, bro. I will. So I will, I'll give you this. If I could just, I'll just pull up my, uh, my keeper team really quick where I did take Kamara. And that was when he did fall into my lap. The running backs that I have with Kamara, um, I have JK Dobbins, Alexander Madison, and Jarek McKinnon, Damian Harris, Elijah Mitchell. So Kamara has to be my RB3 in a league where I went heavy, heavy receiver. Yeah. I don't love it as much, but if if Kamara could be your RB4, I love that. If Kamara's your RB3, you got some work to do, like I know I do. Uh, 1 to 5, 9 and 18 are gone. Uh, let's go with number 6. Number 6, this is from Ben. Ben is from uh he's from Scranton, Pennsylvania. Uh Ben, he wants us to grade the trade in Dynasty half PPR. He's getting Patrick Mahomes and James Connor. He's giving Evan Hull, Dak Prescott, and Kenneth Walker. Say that one more time for me. You kind of sure. left the good names to the end. Sure. Half PPR. He's getting Mahomes and Connor. He's giving Evan Hull. Dak Prescott and Kenneth Walker. In Dynasty, I really like getting Patrick Mahomes there. I do. I, I get Walk. I, I do like Kenneth Walker this year, but then long term, I, 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 I remember we were talking about short term with Kenneth Walker. Why I like him. Long term, I think Zach Charbonnet will have some type of role on this offense to be annoying enough to where it does hurt the Kenneth Walker value. I think especially early this year. Kenneth Walker is going to be awesome for the Seahawks and Charbonnet won't have as defined of a role, but as we move on and that's what a dynasty league is, give me Mahomes right there. Cause you know, you're getting at worst the third best fantasy quarterback for the next 10 years. So I'm fine with, with getting Patrick Mahomes there and then the, whatever's left that James Conner has, maybe you can flip him for something who, who I don't know, but I'm fine with the Mahomes side there. I think this is a very fair deal. Uh, I honestly, I think this is a really, really good deal. You're getting Mahomes. That helps you. Connor's a, I guess he's a fine stopgap option. He replaces Kenneth Walker. You might get a little less production with Connor because of obviously his situation in Arizona and, and Kenneth Walker being on what should be a good team in in Seattle. The Evan Hall thing, like I understand, you know, Jonathan Taylor could be going. Uh, this creates an opportunity for the likes of Evan Hall, our Best friend in the entire world, Dion Jackson. It is always it's Dion, Dion Jackson. But hang on, though, for real though, Dion was starting like yep, those preseason. Dion Jackson was running with the ones, not Evan yep. Hull. Yep. I will say this: be very mindful that wherever Jonathan Taylor goes, I find it very hard to believe that the Colts would not be looking for some sort of running back help in return. And I think that's the appeal right now with drafters that are taking the likes of Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson, using Miami as an example, where if one of them goes back to the Colts, they're in a much better position than where they were in Miami in the committee. They have a shot to be the 1A with with the Indianapolis Colts. But, of course, with all that being said, it is always Deion Jackson's season. That is just it's an incredible, incredible guy. We love him. Thank you for everything. That one Thank week was just magical. Magical. It re it really was. One one for the books. Deion Jackson, great guy. One to six, nine, eighteen. One to six, nine, eighteen. What about seventeen? Uh seventeen is available. Uh seventeen. This is from Isaac. Jake, where is Isaac from? Isaac is from uh let's go with Green Bay, Wisconsin. Uh Isaac asks. 
after Rasheed Rice's bad performance over the weekend, is there some concern? Is he still the Chiefs wide receiver you'd want to have over the likes of Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Justin Ross, Kadarius Toney, and Sky Moore? I've kind of come around a little bit to Kadarius Toney because the price has just really plummeted to a point where it's an interesting investment. Like, for instance, Rasheed Rice was the first Chiefs receiver drafted for me on Wednesday. And I do have a share of Rasheed Rice that I got yesterday. But, I mean, I got Tony in the 11th round. That's pretty damn cheap. I mean, they did trade a substantial asset for the guy. He did win them a Super Bowl last year, essentially. If he's, a, It's just all about availability with the guy. I think he's definitely worth the flyer there. I worry that Rasheed Rice may not see the easiest path towards playing time, too, I might add, because you have, as much as we we dig on Marquez Valdez-Scantling, he's starting for them. I mean, he's just a guy, though, that gets his cardio in. You know how those guys are. He's really just the body there. He knows the playbook. He's going to start. He's going to play. Um, there's Sky Moore going into his second year. And then when Tony's out there, they, there you go. There, Kadarius Tony is your third receiver. And then you have Justin Ross, who impressed in training camp. So there, there kind of is a little bit of mouths to feed there. So it, it remains to be seen with Rasheed Rice, but I, I'm kind of leaning towards Kadarius Tony as the guy that I would want with the Chiefs, just because we're getting to that point with Price. I would I would say this with Kadarius Tony, it is getting to a point where I am definitely interested in him, and I would agree with you. I mean, yeah. So in this keep in this keeper draft on Sunday, Justin Ross was a ninth round pick, and then in a draft last night, Monday night, I took Kadarius Tony in round seventeen. Like, are we kidding? Now, the flip side to that is we saw what Damian Williams was. Damian Williams won them a Super Bowl, and then Damian Williams went back to being Damian Williams. I think most people would say that Kadarius Tony is way more talented than Damian Williams ever was. And Jake is correct. The Chiefs gave up yes. a premium asset to get Kadarius Tony. There is a case to be made. For every single Chiefs wide receiver to be the number two target in this offense, of course, behind Travis Kelsey. If I had to hedge my bet on who that guy is going to be, it's going to be the guy they gave up a third round pick to get and just won them a Super Bowl. The only question with him is health. Health we, we, is and, and it. Yeah, it's it. We've never seen Chiefs rookies outside of Kareem Hunt really excel in this offense either. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen. Doesn't it doesn't happen. happen. It doesn't happen very often. There are a lot of interesting dart throws. And odds are you're going to find a guy that you're going to latch on to. And if he becomes the guy, great. You have yourself an unbelievable lottery ticket. But the one with the most pedigree here is Kadarius Tony. Now, is Rasheed Rice very talented? Yes, he is. He's extremely talented in Dynasty and in Keeper. We're getting him for dirt absolutely take that stab but who's the guy that i'm most interested in in redraft formats Kadarius tony yeah me too who's just double digit round absolute dart throw that could at easily outperform his, his adp me too yeah agreed there one to six nine 17 18 gone 16 16 this is from danny danny is from pensacola Florida. Uh Danny, he wants to rank him in half. David Njoku, Pat Fryermuth, Dalton Kincaid, Greg Dolchich. I have it Fryermuth and Joku, Kincaid, Dolchich. Yep. Nothing to add there for me. Beautiful. One to six, nine, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. Seven. Seven. This is from Preston. Jake, where is Preston from? Preston is from Reno, Nevada. Uh, Preston wants to know in a three wide receiver league, how important is it to come out with at least one receiver after the one, two turn? Extremely. I mean, we've talked about that a lot though, so I don't want to really beat a dead horse, but, uh, it's just a sincere drop off. Um, I, you know, the, 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 where you can get Amari Cooper, DK Metcalf in the third round turn, Keenan Allen as well. After that, there's no wide receiver one for their teams. 
that that's going. I mean, there's Debo Samuel, but we know we don't love Debo Samuel here. So you're not going to hear. And then also that's to be your wide receiver one. Like I would want one of those guys to be my wide receiver too. Like to be my wide receiver one and especially in a half uh, full PPR. That's not great right there. So it is imperative that you get a wide receiver in the first and second round this year. This is not most years where you get guys that are wide receiver ones in the middle of your drafts. Like that's, that's dumb. There's no more Jamar chase lurking in the middle of the draft. There's no more, you know, Chris Olave is going late. Like all those rookie receivers, they're being capped by somebody in front of them already. So that ain't going to happen. Don't, don't bank on that this year. It's, it's, it's not. So what I would say, what I would say to that is, yes, it is. But it's also important to know who you're drafting with and to kind of get a gauge as to what everyone is doing. So in a draft that I did Monday night, I'll keep referring to it. I went B. John Robinson and Tony Pollard rounds one and two in a full PPR. I was then able to completely luck out in the third round when I knew I made a mistake. I knew I made a mistake. I should have gone with Tyreek Hill and then see who I would have gotten out of Bijan and Pollard. In the third round, I completely looked out and I got Chris Olave. I'm thrilled with that. Like, I'm fine with that because I love Olave. I think I, that is a wide receiver one, go to. He's not He's not that yet, but. I, I got to say, man, I'm a little uh, worried about Michael Thomas looking like his old self. But that's what they're saying. And the, the, really, I'm a little worried. I'll believe it when I see it. That's that's right, though. But Michael Thomas is becoming a little interesting for me, though. I I, I would be remiss if I didn't say they're saying he's looking like his old self. I mean, you know, last year he got hurt in training camp. So that's why we faded him. I will believe it when I see it. Yeah, but right now. Right now, I'm 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 in. I'm I in, got my I got my share of Thomas already though I'm done. No, otherwise, no, no, no. There's no more for me. Like yep. I got my one, and that's it. If I, you're done. If, if he's back, if he's you're back, he's happy. back. This will yeah. this will be the year where I have no shares of Michael Thomas, and he comes and he comes back and becomes a target dynamo. And the year that I put my reputation on the line of Chris Olave <laughs> being a thing, Michael Thomas just says, "Up, oh, fuck you, and fuck you." It would be fitting. It would be classic. It really would be. One to seven. 9, 16 to 18 are gone. 10. Number 10. This is from Dave. Jake, where is Dave from? Dave is from Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, Dave asks, leaving a draft this year, what pick could you make that would make you feel really good about yourself? Who's the player what? that you're who's the player that you want to leave your drafts with? Deion Jackson. No, I'm just saying. Uh even though I do love Dion. I would love Dion. For free. Great guy. Um, I would say the guy for me this year has been, I mean, shit, I got him in both of mine somehow. Somehow, some way, I got him in both of mine. Uh, C.D. Lamb. I feel good about C.D. Lamb this year. Guy's playing for his cash. We always love that. This is kind of the time for the receivers to have their real career years. Year four for the guy, right? Yep. If, I, if I'm correct, this is kind of like the time where you become pretty good and very good to just pretty elite. And I, I want a, pot, a piece of that. And I think Dallas is going to have to throw the football a lot more this year than they have in previous years. So uh, I'm I'm excited by that. A lot of shootouts with Philadelphia. Definitely want a piece of those games when Dallas plays Philly. You know, they'll be scoring uh, those Dallas uh, versus the Giants games as well can get up there in scoring, especially at uh, Jerry's World. I'm interested in C.D. Lamb this year. Now, would I take C.D. over my guy Garrett Wilson? Probably not, but I luckily I haven't been faced with that predicament this year. So, um, and I think it's razor thin anyway. I don't think you can go long, go wrong with either C.D. or or Garrett Wilson. But I've been taking C.D. over the likes of Amon Ross St. Brown this year. So, just for comparison, the guy for me is Zay Flowers. I feel really, really good. I don't feel great. I don't feel as good about him because I saw an interesting little nugget where the Ravens could be deploying a lot of personnel where they deployed uh, Patrick Ricard, Isaiah Likely in the two tight end set. Really going to be a lot of two two receiver sets, and that worries me that early in the gate it's going to be Odell and, and Rashad Bateman. That's my only little 
worrisome point with Zay Flowers that they might just restrict him to solely being in the slot, and that's not great for the type of rushing attack that the Ravens have. I would I would say that Zay Flowers is it, like it's like with any other the rookie receivers, it's good they're gonna require patience. Yeah, but Zay Flowers is an investment, and I'm willing to definitely go in on that investment. I think the the one that's going to produce immediately is Jordan Addison, and then after that with Jackson Smith and Jake, but now on the shelf for who knows, they're talking about maybe a month. If he's on the shelf for that long, Zay Flowers is, is the next guy up that immediately jumps off the page as that rookie receiver that could and, yeah. definitely deliver. And Rashad Bateman's probably going to be hurt within the first two weeks anyway. Yeah, that's, that's also true with him. Another guy for me to add as well is Joe Mixon, because I don't know what the hell yeah. happened with everyone and Joe Mixon, but the guy was... A late first-round pick last year, still in the same offense, still put up pretty good numbers last year, and all of a sudden he's relegated to the third round. That that doesn't add up for me. I think I think the thing the thing with Mixon, I think, is a lot of people see that the floor is really is really safe, the ceiling isn't as high. It's just not sexy. I, I, that's what it is. I think a lot of people give, don't think it's give like, me Joe Mixon. I would love Joe Mixon as my RB one. He's not the ten blonde at the dance. He's like he's like the seven brunette. Yeah. Okay. That's like that's the fair. second. That's like the second option. <laughs> I'm big on mixing. Uh, so you like you like the seven brunettes then? Yeah. <laughs> so one, two, seven, nine, ten, sixteen to eighteen are gone. Uh, number eight. Number eight. This is from Eric. Eric is from Pensacola, Florida. Uh, Eric wants to know: Is it worth it to go for the Chief stack, Mahomes and Kelsey? In a standard 10-team PPR league. Absolutely yes, it is. Yeah. I, it I, I agree. It. It's definitely worth it. Now, you have to make some concessions. You have to understand that you're going to be short somewhere else. And you have to be very, very active. What I will say, actually, I'm going to amend my answer. And this is very nitpicky. But if you're in a league where you have standard waivers that do the inverse order of the standings as your means of, of player acquisition, it's not worth it. If you're in a fab league, it's worth it. Because I'll tell you why. Mahomes and Kelsey are going to win you games. No doubt. But you're going to need to be active enough on the waiver wire to fill the holes that you need to fill in your team as a result of going out and getting Mahomes and Kelsey. In FAP, it is much easier to do it because you could just throw your financial brajol, if you know my, if you know what I'm saying, if you're fr from New York, your financial piece on the table and really go out and get the guys that you need in, in, in a standard waivers where you're doing the inverse order. A, that's dumb. Who the hell is doing that? And B, you're not going to have that real opportunity to do it because odds are, you're going to be winning a shit ton of games, Mahomes and Kelsey, and you're not going to have the opportunity to fill out your team because your team is going to be good because you have Mahomes and Kelsey. Well said. Nothing ahead for me. Very, very, very nitpicky, but the, the short and the sweet, yes, it is absolutely worth it. 1 to 10, 16 to 18 are gone. We have 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Still in play. 15. 15. This is from Kennedy. Jake, where is Kennedy from? Kennedy is from Kennedy, New York. Great place. Uh, Kennedy is in his first startup dynasty league this week. Well, welcome, welcome to the beast. That's all. That's all I got to say. When scouting for rookie drafts next year, how important is it to watch these prospects play on Saturday? It's not that important, honestly. I'm gonna say not really. I mean, listen, not really. I, love, I love watching college football anyway. Yeah, so... it's not really for like the whole fantasy purpose, though. That's you know, right? Like, I'm not. I'm not going out of my way. Like, let's just say it's, uh, it's, it's, I don't know, Marvin Harrison. I'm not going to be going out of my way to watch Marvin Harrison and then dissect him for the purpose of, oh, yeah, I might want to take him next year in my rookie draft. A, you might not have the opportunity to do it unless your team absolutely sucks, number one. And then number two, you, you have the entire offseason to go back and, and watch film on these guys if you want to. I mean, I'm watching college football because I love college football. Yeah, I'm not, not, I'm not, not for fantasy. I'm not watch. I'm not making college football a secondary job. 
like NFL is for for me making it a primary job, if that makes sense. I watch college football because I enjoy it. So the the short the sweet is it's not that important. But if you want to make note of guys that you potentially see, that's fine. But you don't have to dissect them. 11, 12, 13, 14. Uh, 14. 14. This is from Austin. Austin is from uh, Austin is from Nice, France. It is Nice and not nice. Austin asks, how worrying is the use of Damian Harris for anyone interested in drafting James Cook? I mean, we know what Damian Harris is, though. He's going to be he'll, annoying, he'll be at annoying the goal enough. Line. Yeah, it's going to be annoying at the goal line. He has issues staying on the field. The Bills are going to look to throw a shit ton anyway because of the Buffalo Bills. Damian Harris doesn't catch a lot of passes. So honestly, the real downside with Damian Harris is James Cook might not get the rushing touchdowns that you so desire, but. I would make a pretty solid bet that in between the 20s, who's the guy going to be for the Buffalo Bills? It's going to be James Cook. But when it's in close, I think it's going to be Damian Harris. I think, I think Damian Harris is your classic 8 to 12 touches for 50 yards and a touchdown. And then we look at James Cook, 15 touches, 80, 90 yards, no touchdowns sort of guy. They're going to be annoying. But I think James Cook is definitely the safer of the bunch and the more comfortable um, I would be of starting the two in a flex situation. The thing with James Cook that worries me is he's going to be very on un- He's going to be a little boring. I-, I I get that vibe from him. I don't see myself really getting him a whole lot either, to be honest with you. I- it's just not a name that's come across where I'm like, yeah, James Cook. There just seems to be guys that I like better that are just going in his same range, uh, you know, in the draft. Yeah, it's like, let me just see where I have Cook. I think I have Cook at 31. And you know, Josh Allen's not going to be dinking and dunking either to where he's just going to be this this monster PCR exactly. god out of the backfield. Bingo. I have Cook at 32. So, so RB32. RB32, yes. Yeah, I have him relatively around there. I have Cook as my, I'm a little higher on him than you are, actually. I have him as, a, I have him as my RB30, so... Okay, who do you have? Um, who do you have behind him? Behind him, I have Montgomery behind him. I have yep. Jamal Williams behind him. AJ Dillon behind him. Do you have DeAndre Swift behind him? No, I have Swift ahead of him slightly. All right, I'm just trying to figure figure out who you have. Who I have Dalvin you? Cook ahead of him. I have Cook ahead of him too. I have Montgomery ahead of him. I have, so I have one. Okay. What about um, Khalil Herbert? I have him behind him. That's it. Okay, so it was Montgomery and Herbert that we're we're different differing on. I have Montgomery at twenty seven. I have Herbert at thirty. I have Herbert at thirty four. I'm a little lower on him. Okay, I, I don't think I don't think that's that's too controversial. We're not, we're not talking about guys that we want to be starting as my as our RB twos with with supreme confidence here. Correct, correct. These are these are flex options and bi week fillers that we're talking yes. about. And, and I wouldn't love them as my flex either. I want them on my bench as bi-week fillers with, Agreed. you know, Agreed. room for growth. Room for growth. There we go. Nice opportunity for a nice little ROI return on investment. 11, 12, 13. 13. 13. This is from Jack. Jake, where's Jack from? Jack is from Tucson, Arizona. This was a very funny question. This one brought a nice little smile to my face, and I hope it does the same for you, Jake. Uh, Jack asks, how important is drafting for week one when you are drafting? Not at all. No, that's that's so stupid. <laughs> it's like, Never. yeah, like, I, but this is, a, if you want to go draft for week one, go play DFS. Like, uh, you know. We have some breaking news on the podcast, Jake. Oh. A kicker trade just happened. I saw Will Lutz back to back with Sean Payton and then Nick Folk, Folk to uh, Tennessee. Yep. Two, the, the kicker uh, market is, yeah. Well, let I me mean, ask I, you, I, Will Lutz in the thin air at mile high, is he interesting? I don't play with kickers, so I don't know. Actually, I, I did. Think, I, 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 did think he, I think he is a little interesting. Yeah, sure. Who cares? I think Next. he's a little interesting, but yes, they're kickers. Who cares? And then Nick Folk to Tennessee, sure. Sure. Who cares? Mike Vrabel, yay. 
Cowboys just signed Robbie Gold. No, no Brandon, no Brandon Aubrey. I want none of that nonsense. No, Robbie Gold. That's who I want. Uh, 11 and 12. Uh, 11. 11. This is from Nick. Nick is from, uh, he's from Geneva, Switzerland. Nick asks, is the Jalen Warren hype getting totally overblown or is there something there? I think it's, it's a get, bit of both. It's, it, it is a little bit of both. I think there's something there. But Najee Harris is going to be clearly the guy until he's not. Until he is either ineffective or he's just hurt. And if he is, then Jalen Warren has a clear pathway to being the guy. And he could take the job on his own. He absolutely, definitely could. But yeah, both well said. I, he's a must draft for Najee owners. Oh, no, no doubt about it. If you have Najee Harris, you better do what you have to do to get Jalen Warren. There is no, yeah. there is no spot. It's kind of like with Bijan, you have to draft Tyler Algier, and you have to do whatever you need to do to get Tyler Algier. It's the same thing with Najee and Jalen Warren. Whatever the ADP that is required to make sure that you get Jalen Warren, if you're a Najee Harris manager, you need to do it. Agreed. Come yeah. hell or high water. And then number 12, the last one. Very fitting. The best for last. Jake, do you hear the church bells? Do you hear the trumpets? Yeah. Do you see the carriages? Yeah. It's our good buddy, King Charles. It's our good buddy, King Charles. The best for last. You knew what you were doing. You knew that the king just wanted to be last today. He wanted this yeah. to be for the last pre-draft mailbag. We had to and end it with King Charles. King Charles, you're a great supporter. And where, where is he from? Well, I was going to say, I have to give King Charles his plaudits. We'll see you on the week one mailbag, King Charles, because I know you will be there. Uh, Jake, where is the king these days? Where, where Where is he at? What's he doing? The king is on a, a end of summer trip to Turks and Kinkos. I mean... He, he's, oh, he's, he's getting a nice tan? He's he's working on the tan before the big season. Is Camilla with him? Of course. Oh, of course. A nice little family, a nice little hubby wife getaway. See, I, I, even even the royals, they got to work on their marriage a little bit. It's very nice. It is. Very nice. Very, very nice. We love King Charles. Great guy. Great friend of the program. Uh, King Charles has a very interesting question. I mean, all of his questions are great. King Charles asks, outside of the obvious, so I'm going to assume that the obvious ones, and Jake, you could throw any others that you want in here, but I'm assuming that the obvious, what rookie receivers are you targeting in every draft? So I'm assuming that the obvious ones are Jordan Addison, Zay Flowers, and Jackson Smith and Jigba. Yeah. I'm assuming those are the obvious. So yep. I'll say, for me, the rookie receiver that I'm targeting now with benefit of hindsight is Marvin Mims. Not so much for me. Um, I would say I've been taking Jalen Hyatt more so in that range. I, I do like what I've seen from Hyatt. Um, and then, of course, there's Rishi Rice. And the guy that nobody talks about that I talked about last week, bro, I'll say his name again. He's free. Mr. Tank Dell for the Houston Texans. Yep. He's looked great. He's free. Why not? He is F-R-E-E. -E, that spells free. I like it. I like it. Go go invest in your rookie invest in your rookie receivers and benefit in the long run. That is it for the mailbag. The pre-draft mailbags were done. I know. The next mailbag that you are going to be hearing. The week one mailbag. The week one mailbag. It's almost here. It's almost here. Get ready. It's going to be a party. We can't wait. Jake, it's been a pleasure. We, we, I think we've honestly done every mailbag this offseason, with the exception of maybe one or two together. So it has been an, it. Ab an absolute pleasure doing these mailbags. And now we get to do it all for real. Yeah. The week one mailbag is just sacred, sacred, sacred territory. It, re it really is. Everyone, enjoy your drafts. We will be back with an additional episode this week. And then 
next week. It's week one preview. Maybe we have, oh, we have a live draft next week. Forgot about that. Monday night, there will be a live draft. So we will have that on the podcast for everybody. Then on Wednesday, we will be doing the week one preview. Then on Saturday, the week one mailbag. mailbag. (laughs) It's almost here. So for Jake, I am Bird. Thank you so much for listening to the Baseball Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Good luck, everyone, with your drafts later this week. Uh, this weekend, we'll catch you later in the week. And then, for everyone who listens to Mailbag, our mail, our our Mailbag followers, we'll see you on the week one Mailbag. Bye bye.